Hello and welcome to the Feel It to Heal It podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kelly, and I am a clinically trained therapist, emotional wellness and life coach and healer. My mission is to help as many humans as possible feel safe to feel their feelings in order to create a life beyond their wildest dreams. Thank you for being here and let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today, we're going to be talking about how our nervous systems create our mindsets. So if you guys saw my stories on Instagram yesterday, I reconnected with my old cute neighbor who I was anxiously attached to, who I no longer am anxiously attached to. And we were talking about trauma because that's what we tend to fight about a lot. (laughs) Fun times. And I wanted to use our conversation as kind of inspiration and motivation for today's podcast episode, because that is what I do. I use real life experiences and conversations as teaching moments for you guys. So we were talking about how, you know, in traditional therapy or, um, he's doing more EMDR therapy and he was describing how a lot of the process was around his thoughts. And then I said, did, did the therapist have you get in your body at all? And like, notice what was happening for you as you were having those thoughts. And he said, yes, he said that, you know, she had him kind of notice where the fear lived in his body. And I said, well, did you stay with that sensation for a little bit and just breathe into it and just allow it to soften? And it was kind of like, yes and no, like eventually it softened, but the focus was still on reframing thoughts. So for those of you who don't know, I was in the traditional therapy field for way too many years. And I used to do a lot of CBT therapy with my clients. So CBT therapy is cognitive behavioral therapy, and it's where you reframe negative or unhelpful thoughts to more helpful, positive thoughts. I used to do this with my teenagers all the time, with families, with my adult clients, with all my clients. And what I noticed is that it was helpful to a certain extent, but then what would happen is after they would reframe the thought, their anxiety would just come back like, five minutes later. And as someone who's also done CBT on myself with my own therapist in the past, I could say the same thing of like, oh yeah, I could recognize how my thought patterns were unhelpful, reframe them to something more positive that allowed me to feel a little bit more hopeful. Like I remember literally asking my clients, okay, if you say this thought, if you think this thought, how does it make you feel? Oh, depressed, lousy, hopeless. If you reframe it to this thought, how does it make you feel? excited, hopeful, energized, right? But then what would happen is that same anxiety that caused the first anxious thought would come back. So what I realized in learning more about trauma with my current mentor, who honestly taught me more (laughs) than in my actual grad school experience, is that our nervous systems create our mindset. So it's not top down, it's bottom up. So what that means is you can reframe thoughts all day long, all day, every day, and it's a band-aid. So you might feel better temporarily, but then that root of the thought comes back up. So for example, if your body is stuck in survival mode and you have this anxious thought of, you know, oh, I'm, what's an anxious thought? Like, a self-deprecating thought of like, oh my God, I fucked that up. I should have been doing better or whatever. And if you're like, okay, let me reframe my thought of, oh, I did the best I could. Again, you might say that 
but it can literally feel like you're gaslighting yourself because you're saying the thought, but then your body is still like, like contracted, wound up in survival mode. It still feels deep shame of maybe a mistake that you made during that presentation at work or whatever it might be. And so we can change our thoughts. But again, if we're not actually tending to our bodies where emotion is stored, our emotions are not stored in our thoughts. Our emotions are stored in the body, in our, in our fascia, in our, in our uh, different places, in our bodies, in our tissues, um, wherever your body is showing sickness, that's normally where the emotion is stored. So for me, it's stored in my solar plexus because I have chronic uh, pH imbalances in my yoni. I have bladder issues. I have gut health issues. So that is where my trauma is stored. Other people who have chronic migraines, right? That's a big one. I work with a lot of people with a lot of migraines. And so their tension, their emotions get stored in their head. <laughs> I just had to scratch my ear. Maybe my emotion is getting stuck in my ear. <laughs> so the point is, is that our bodies store the emotion because think of this, something happens, there's a prompting event that triggers a certain emotional response, shame, anger, joy, sadness, fear. Those are the five primary emotions. Anything else? Confused, frustrated, disgusted, all those are more states, um, overwhelmed, right? there's a root under those states of mind. So you can say, oh, I'm overwhelmed, but really what is the emotion underneath that? Most likely fear, because if you're overwhelmed with many different things, the fear is, oh my God, how am I gonna deal with all these things? So we have a prompting event that triggers an emotional response. We feel that emotion response come up in our body, not our mind, We it comes up in our body. We get chest tightening, we get sweaty palms, we get a pit in our stomach, we get shaky hands, we get shaky voice, we get a beating heart, a really fast beating heart. That is the physical response. And then from there, that creates certain thoughts. So if my heart is pounding and I'm like, oh my God, I'm nervous to present this workshop or, oh my God, I fucked up with a client or, um, oh my God, how am I going to pay my bills this month? <laughs> like, whatever that thought is that comes from your body, not the other way around. It's not that, oh, I think, how am I going to pay my bills? And then that sends my body into like panic. No, because then it would be so simple to just change the thought of, oh, I have all the abundance to pay my bills. And then, oh, I feel better in my body. And again, that might happen temporarily. You might like like look at, I have the Amanda Francis poster full of affirmations. I might look at affirmations of, I am supported by money. I clear space for money. And this is just an example. You guys can think of whatever personal example might fit this. And I might feel like, oh, that feels nice. But if I'm not actually tending to the fear in my body around whatever it is, money, business, life, whatever it is that you're feeling fear of right now in this moment, if you're not tending to that, there's no space energetically in your body to shift into a new way of feeling, a new way of relating. So yesterday with my friend, we were talking about how, like he basically was saying like, so is it just a desensitization to the emotion? And then he he's a firefighter, so he does really traumatic work. And then it's just like desensitizing to the actual trauma and just getting used to trauma over and over again. And I said, 
yes and no. On one hand, if you're someone who does traumatizing work or you're in a very high stress environment, maybe you work in a hospital, maybe you work in an ambulance, maybe you used to do what I did and work with clients who were suicidal and had to do, you know, like crisis intervention. And you might be able to get to a place where you're able to stay calm and grounded during that crisis. But if you're in a crisis, if, if you're in trauma, you're still going to have a natural response where your amygdala gets activated and it's like survival mode. But what I was explaining to him is that you can't feel safe to be in that type of traumatic environment or even if you don't have a challenging job to that extent, maybe you just have a chaotic home environment, or maybe you just live in this world, which is full of trauma. And so you can't get to a place where you're that calm grounded nervous system. If you are already in survival mode, because you have unprocessed trauma, we all have unprocessed trauma. Let me say that again. We all, all of us, every single human on this earth, I don't care how happy your childhood was. I don't care how much therapy you've been to. We all have unprocessed trauma stored in our bodies. And I bet if you took five minutes a day to get still with yourself, you would notice some shit coming up. Because it is only in stillness that that shit can come up. And so all this crap about, you know, well, you know, just do a walking meditation or just do a moving meditation. Sure, meet yourself where you're at. Absolutely. If you don't feel safe to be in stillness yet, absolutely start with where you're at. There's no shame in that. And understand that your inability to be still with yourself is trauma right? If you're not feeling safe to be still with yourself, that is because you have unprocessed trauma. And even if consciously you can't think of anything, well, I can't think of any trauma I've been through. It's unconscious. It's looking at how you are feeling in your day-to-day. -day. It's looking at how you are relating to maladaptive coping mechanisms, to addictive behaviors, to, you know, so many people, like this is another part of the conversation yesterday was like, so many people in our society think that, there's just something wrong with them. Like they're just crazy. They're just hardwired that way. That's my favorite one. Oh, I'm just hardwired this way. I'm just wired differently. Uh, how do you think you got that wiring to begin with? Where did that wiring come? Do you think you were just born hardwired differently? No, that wiring takes place starting in past lives and then in the womb and then in childhood. Like everyone gets wired in the way that they're wired for a reason. That's not random. There's a root to that. And so we skip over the root and we just go to the thoughts. Oh, why am I having these depressive thoughts? Oh, maybe because your nervous system is still in survival mode. So we have to understand that when we release and process that trauma somatically out of our bodies by actually feeling, that's why this podcast is called Feel It to Heal It, because we have to feel it. We can't avoid it. We can't numb it. We can't run away from it. But our minds are designed to do that, to keep us alive, because it registers that pain and that stored trauma as a bomb as a threat, as a alarm system. 
So it's like, oh, if I go near the stored emotion, boom, like I'm going to die. But no, you're not actually going to die. And it's your responsibility and your job to titrate the experience of slowly starting to feel more and more of that stored pain that comes up so that you can release it. And then you will notice how your mindset completely shifts. So for example, I was someone that chronically lived in my head. I was always ruminating, obsessing, overthinking, comparing, you name it. I had that going on in my head. And that was because my nervous system was in survival mode. Our nervous systems can be in survival mode because of relational trauma, because we live in a relational world where we're in contact with humans every day. And being able to feel safe to relate to humans feels so fucking scary. <laughs> so it's relational trauma, which is considered little T trauma. It's also big T trauma. Like I have medical trauma. Other people have traumatic jobs or, you know, other big T trauma that they've been dealing with. And so regardless of what your trauma is, the point is, is that if you're noticing those anxious thoughts, if you're like, you can tell such a difference. So before I would wake up with a pounding heart with anxious thoughts, of like all the things I needed to do, all the things I was worrying about. And then when I did this nervous system healing work and actually talked about things that were coming up in my body, but didn't just talk about them, actually took time to just breathe and feel them in my body. That completely shifted my mindset. I no longer have those natural ruminating thoughts. And if I do, it's an indication of, oh, there's some unprocessed fear that's coming up or shame that's coming up. So if I start ruminating, I know that's a protector against the pain because if you're kept in your head, you can avoid the emotion in your body. So now if I notice that I'm like, oh, this is a protector. Let me tend to any emotion coming up, but it's not this chronic thing anymore. Like my mind feels more calm than it's ever felt in my life because I've, it's like, I flush the toilet of pain, right? Like imagine if you have a clogged toilet <laughs> and you just keep trying to use the bathroom and use the bathroom. Eventually that's going to pile up. You have to flush it just like lymphatic drainage. We have to sweat. We have to release the toxins in our body. It's the same thing with emotions. If there's ever a time where I feel like it, it's like emotionally constipated, it's the worst feeling in the world. I, I become such a baby about that. I'm like, oh my God, I fucking need to cry about this and I can't cry or I, I need to shift this and I can't shift it. And it's this like emotional constipation feeling. And I told my friend yesterday, I said, yeah, I, I cry probably daily, if not every other day, if not a few times a week. And he said, isn't that exhausting? And I said, it actually makes me feel way better. And what's more exhausting is emotional constipation. That is what's exhausting is trying to avoid your emotions. It's fucking exhausting. So yes, processing emotions can be exhausting too, but that's temporary exhaustion. It like, imagine if you have an incident with a bear, it's my favorite analogy because it's very clear. So a bear is chasing you and then the bear goes away and you're safe. And then you never, you have to deal with that fear of the bear in that present moment and then it's gone. So you never have to worry about it again. 
But imagine if you felt like you were being chased by a bear constantly when you try to sleep. And so you couldn't sleep when you try to eat. So you had poor digestion when you try to go to work, but then you got distracted. Imagine that bear constantly chasing you. That is the equivalent of emotional constipation, of emotional uh, repression, of avoiding our emotions. It's constantly avoiding the fact that a bear, we feel a bear is chasing us. Or it's constantly avoiding what feels like a threat. And so then it puts our nervous system in a state where it feels like a bear is chasing us. That's a better way of explaining it. Whereas if you actually just tend to that fear and realize, oh, there's no bear chasing me, but this is historical, that's influencing the way I'm relating to the present, then you get to release it and then you get to shift. So let's do a quick practice. I want you to take a deep breath into your body and I just want you to notice any sensations or emotions. Remember, emotions are energy. So sensations are the emotion. So a tight chest, that is an emotion. There's an emotion underneath that sensation. So take a deep breath in. And release. Let's do two more. And release. One more. And I want you to just sit in stillness for a couple moments and just notice what's happening in your body. Anywhere that you're contracting or tensing or holding on. Even if you say, oh, my body feels great. Tell me what great feels like. Where do you actually feel that? Noticing any thoughts coming up, any distractions, and then returning your focus to your breath. And I want you to notice, or maybe jot down or save the comments, three things that you noticed. So for example, I noticed the sound of the airplane going by I noticed just kind of a calming in my chest as I was breathing. I noticed my shoulders wanting to just like kind of stretch a little bit. So just noticing what happens in your body. If you do that a few times a day, every day, you allow space for whatever needs to come up to come up. And you will notice that the more you do that, the more that your thoughts inevitably will shift. Because if I'm feeling calm, like I'm feeling calm right now, it's like I don't even notice any thoughts coming up. Like my mind can just be quiet. But if I'm feeling really scared about something, I'll be ruminating. And so that's how I know, oh, I'm feeling some fear. So your body is always communicating to you, but you have to understand that when it's, 
you know, your mind is ruminating or obsessing, it's a protecting you against something. And the longer you stay in your head, the more you suffer, the more you use that as a signal of, oh, there's something I need to tend to in my body. There's something I need to feel the sooner that you can actually shift how you're feeling, the sooner that you can tend to that feeling, soften it and then shift. And then that will create your mindset. So it's almost like, it's almost like a box. (laughs) I'm a very visual person. So I imagine like a box of like, you notice the, you notice overthinking, you notice anxious thoughts. Okay. So let's say you notice that first before you notice anything in your body. You start with that, then you drop into your body. You tend to that. I shouldn't say a box. It's more like a line. (laughs) You tend to that. You shift. Oh no, it is a box. Okay, here we go. You tend to that emotion. You then shift into a different energy. And then you notice a different thought. And then I don't know what this connecting line would be. I had a client that was like, you need to do a flow chart for like how to feel. And I was like, that's a brilliant idea. I'm going to do that because so often in the moments when our emotions show up, they show up so strongly. And so we're like, oh, how do we feel? Like, what do we do? It just feels so strong, so unconscious. So it's really understanding that no matter where you start, if you start in the body and you notice, oh, my chest is really tight right now. And then noticing, oh, what are the thoughts that are coming up with that chest tightness? And then breathing, softening, or if you notice the mind first, and then you drop into the body. So I don't care where you start, but I want you to understand. I need you to understand because this is so fucking important. This is what so much of cognitive therapy is missing, is that until you actually feel in your body the root emotion underneath that thought, that same negative thought that you don't want to come up, it's going to keep coming up like intrusive thoughts. I have a lot of intrusive thoughts about tarantulas because it's my greatest fear because I have past life trauma being killed by one. And so if I notice my brain going to like thinking about tarantulas, I'm like, oh, okay. I just have to sit with this fear and it's okay that the fear is here. It makes sense that the fear is here. And I can just breathe with it. And the more that I can feel that fear, the more that I can shift the thoughts. And you'll notice this too. Like, for example, when I am really consistent with my daily habits, so my MCJ, my meditation, chanting, and journaling, when I really take time to connect home to myself, to sit with any emotions, to build that internal safety, to tone my vagus nerve, I won't be thinking of tarantulas. (laughs) I won't be thinking of all these fears that I have. But if I don't take that time for myself, I will feel the difference. So no one is exempt from having to do this daily work. It takes fucking daily work to be able to keep your nervous system grounded and regulated. So self-regulate is key. Yes. But the work that I do is one step more than self-regulation. It's actually healing and rewiring the nervous system. So what I used to do with clients before I understood really how the nervous system worked, which is mind blowing that they didn't teach us this in school, but that's a whole other rant. 
um, is I would teach them ways of soothing and regulating, right, in a healthy way. And that was helpful to a certain extent. But the work I do now is one step further of, I don't want you to just feel regulated. I don't want you to just be putting Band-Aid coping skills on the wound. I want you to heal the wound. And how do we heal the wound? We have to process the pain of that wound. And so when we process the pain of that wound, we're able to further heal it and we're able to rewire our nervous system to relate differently, not wired in survival mode. We get to shift it out of survival mode and rewire it to relate through the safety of the present moment rather than your nervous system acting from the past, relating from the past in the present. So have you noticed when you get triggered or when someone says something to you that triggers you and you respond in this way that's like very activated and you're like, well, you know, you get kind of snippy and snappy and you're like, huh, why did I just respond that way? It's because something historical got triggered in the present, but you're not actually relating to the present through the present. You're relating to the present through that historical wound. So then people are like, why did this person just wrote, like, why did they just say that? Or why did they just respond that way? They don't understand that your response is coming from little you. It's coming from the past. It's coming from childhood. It's coming from old wounding. So essentially healing trauma in a nutshell is just feeling safe to be in the present, feeling safe to relate to the present moment through the present moment for what the present moment is not what your nervous system is interpreting the present moment to be, aka the past. You're seeing yourself in them. You're seeing yourself in them. Oh, in terms of the person that you are responding to in that way? Yeah, like we're all mirrors for each other. We all trigger the shit out of each other. And so we have to look at, okay, what's actually being triggered and taking responsibility that our triggers are always ours, always. They are always ours. No matter what someone said to trigger you, no matter what someone did to trigger you, our triggers are always ours. Triggered actions. Yes, exactly. Yeah, our triggers, we get triggered because we are, yeah, we might be seeing you know, a part of ourself in that other person that's saying the thing or doing the thing that brings up a certain emotion for us that we're trying to avoid. This is what I needed this week, big time. Oh, good. It's so funny. I was boxing my mentor like two minutes before hopping on. I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to talk about for morning tea today. Zero clue. And uh, she responded. She's like, I think you're already on morning tea but you, you know, you'll always figure it out. And I'm like, that's true. I just like show up and I start talking. And, uh, this topic came up yesterday in this conversation. So I was like, you know what, if he's wanting to learn about this and he's wondering about this and he's confused why, you know, his therapy is yeah. Like not necessarily being the most helpful, then I'm sure other people need to hear about this too, because we can gaslight ourselves and be like, well, I'm thinking positively or I'm I'm being grateful. So why am I not feeling better? It's like, that's not how it works. Trauma is stored in the body, in the body. We cannot avoid the body. And the more that you get into your body and feel your emotions and feel your sensations, that is what will create a different mindset, not the other way around. 
So you guys will see in this coaching world all the time, money mindset, money mindset, money mindset. I don't care how many fucking money mantras you do every day. If you are not actually tending to the very real fear and shame or sadness or whatever other stored emotion you have in your relationship with money, you are not going to create a different money mindset. It's a money nervous system. How is your nervous system relating to money? Just like how your nervous system relates to anything. The relationship between our nervous systems and whatever the thing is, money, love, career, relationships, life, food, drinking, whatever, exercise, that is everything. So for example, if my nervous system is wired in survival mode and I'm, you know, exercising, I might be like, oh my God, I have to exercise or I'm going to die or, oh my God, I have to exercise or else I'm going to gain weight and be judged and die. Like, or if I'm in a calm grounded nervous system state, I'm like, oh, I get to exercise today. Like it literally will shift your thoughts about anything. If I'm wired in survival mode when it comes to money, I'll be like, oh my God, I got to figure out how I'm going to make money. Da, 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 da. If I'm grounded and in a safe nervous system, I will say, oh, money is here to support me. And I, I won't just say those mantras. I will actually believe them in my body. So you have to really notice where am I not believing what I'm actually saying? The words that are coming out of my mouth, where am I not believing that and knowing that it's okay? That's just the trauma response. And you can shift that by being with that disbelief and being with sometimes the shame, the sadness that comes with, holy shit, I'm not believing in myself. Maybe I didn't have anyone to believe in me. This happened when I was first launching my come home to yourself group. I've shared this many times before, but this is always the example that comes up where I launched it and it was crickets. It was zero people signing up. It was just silence, radio silence. And I was talking to a wall and my coach and I had a session and she said, what's happening energetically. And I was like, I don't know. I, I believe in this group. I know it's going to help people, but something is off energetically. And we got in my body and really processed that I wasn't fully believing in myself. And again, cognitively, I could be like, oh yeah, I believe in myself. But again, if my nervous system is wired to not feel safe to fully believe in myself, maybe I didn't have anyone to fully, fully believe in me. I'm not going to believe in myself. And I had to really process like, oh, like that's really sad. That's really sad that I'm not believing in myself. And then I had to shift it. Okay. How can I feel safer and safer to lean into believing in myself? Because the universe will only give us what we feel safe to receive. So if you're wanting something and you're not receiving it, one, you have to release the how and the when and the control over it. But then you have to look at, okay, energetically, if I'm not becoming an energetic match for it, where am I not believing in it? Where am I not believing in myself? And where am I not feeling safe to receive it? Because anything foreign doesn't feel safe to the nervous system, even if it's something consciously we know is good. So if I know a million dollars could do me wonders, but my nervous system feels like, oh, that's foreign. I've never had that much money in the bank account. I'm not going to feel safe to receive it. So you have to tend to the fear. You have to process the fear first and then shift. You can't shift and bypass the very real human experience, which is what drives me fucking bananas 
when I hear about mindset stuff is like, you can't bypass the very real fear. That's what toxic positivity is, is gaslighting you for actually feeling human emotions. Gah. <laughs> I get very passionate about this, as you can tell. Okay, let me catch up on the comments and then we're going to start wrapping up. I was just talking about, so the client, we take 15,000 to 70,000 blocks a day. We have to battle those odds that we need to overcome our own self. Right, like there's so many opportunities for all these thoughts to come in. And again, you're battling yourself if you're continuously trying to change thoughts without looking at what's happening underneath the thoughts. The thoughts are a protector against emotion. And if you are processing that in your body, you'll notice your mind is going to feel way different. And I want everyone to feel this way because it is much more enjoyable. Okay, consistency is key and most importantly, change of belief. Yes, consistency is key for the nervous system. The nervous system needs consistency to relate in a new way. So if I've been relating through binging TV and eating sugar and having anxious thoughts and not sleeping well, and that feels safe and familiar to my nervous system, even though it makes me feel like crap, my nervous system will keep doing that until I give a different form of consistency that it can learn as safe. So if I'm consistently, you know, eating healthy or moving my body, going to sleep on time, doing my meditation, chanting and journaling every night, my nervous system is going to learn, oh, I'm safe. I have that structure. I have the holding to relate in a different way. So we need consistency. And that is sometimes the hardest part. And remembering that change of belief comes from rewiring the nervous system, not the other way around. We have to first process why we're not believing, where those beliefs came from, the emotions tied to those beliefs. We can't just focus on beliefs because beliefs are a byproduct of our emotions. So if you take one thing away from this entire episode, our beliefs, our thoughts, are an after byproduct of our emotions. Our emotions create our thoughts. Our nervous systems create our mindsets, not the other way around. And Jesus, if I had learned that sooner, I would have saved myself many years, many, many years of staying stuck in my head. And remember that our nervous systems are not going to so easily feel these stored feelings because it registers it as a threat. So you have to be that gentle leader of your body and titrate the experience of like, oh, this feels really scary to feel, but I'm safe to feel it. I'm safe to breathe. And that's how you work within your window of tolerance while also stretching the nerve, the, you're stretching the nervous system's window of tolerance so that it can hold more of that emotion. So uh, I have to hop off. I have a client in 10 minutes. Does anyone have any questions, thoughts, emotions, feelings, concerns, anything at all before we wrap up for today? I think I got to all the comments. Yeah. Any last minute questions? Okay, if any questions come up, DM me, I am here. And real quick before we head off, a um, few ways to work with me if you are ready to rewire your nervous system because we cannot do this work alone. 
if only we could, but we can't. <laughs> Trust me, I've tried. Um, the first thing is that I am launching something very special September 1st. This is for people who have been wanting to be more in my world that cannot um, afford some of the higher packages like the one-on-one -on -one coaching or my group programs. So this is going to be a lower cost option for those who have been wanting to jump in and just be around learning this work, even if you're not fully doing one-on-one -on -one reparative relational healing with me. This is a good starting step. So that'll be launching September 1st. I'm very excited for it. And then let's see what else. I have a Powerfully Single, my program for single people who want to feel more embodied and connected. That is currently going. We have two more live calls left and then the price will be jumping. So currently the price is 555. You get five modules. There's still two live left. And then you get journal prompts, homework, affirmations, meditations, specifically customized made meditations for stepping into your power and relating to being single in a whole new way. That has changed my life. I'm teaching you everything that I have used personally to be able to shift into the state of going from an anxiously attached graspy baby, numbing away from myself to now powerfully single where I feel really safe in my body and my relationship with myself and in my dating life. So game changer. And again, if you saw my stories yesterday, I shared about how I was able to just enjoy a friendship with someone that I used to be so anxiously attached to. And I didn't feel any of that graspiness. I didn't feel any anxiety. It just felt so fucking peaceful and like centered and grounded and just secure. And um, just want everyone to feel that it's like, you don't know how good it feels until you know how good it feels. So that is, um, my powerfully single program. I also have my secure entrepreneur program that is um, open for enrollment at any point. It is for entrepreneurs who struggle with more of that anxious attachment. So if you are an entrepreneur who wants to relate to your business for more of that secure attachment, that groundedness, check that out. And then I may or may not be opening some one-on-one -on -one spots soon as I have some people wrapping up and I have different tiers for one-on-one. -on -one. So I have um, an option where you can do just Voxer, Voxer plus one session, Voxer plus two sessions, and Voxer plus four sessions. One, two, yeah, four. Yep. So if you, this is my highest level of support. So it is a higher investment. It's 3000 per month with a three month minimum commitment. Um, you get weekly 60 minute Zoom sessions and then Monday through Friday Voxer. And then I also have lower tiers for lower price points. So you can message me about those or head to the link in bio to fill an application. And my co-leader, Anna, and I are um, getting ready to launch our Real Men Heal. We had been wanting to launch this for a while. And then we both, she was moving. I was doing Powerfully Single. We both just kind of got taken over by the other thing. So we are finally getting our shit together to get this launch because the men need it. We, we are ready for you men. So if you're a man listening to this and you are ready to do this deep reparative relational healing, please fill out an application at the link in the bio. We only accept a certain amount of people to keep the group super intimate and small. 
And then you can also DM me to get on the wait list for my Come Home to Yourself group, which is my four month group for anxiously attached women. So those are my two group programs, my two courses, and then my one-on-one -on -one coaching services. Um, and then after you go through those first groups, I have two masterminds that you can continue. So we have a men's mastermind, the mindful, ma the mindful masculine mastermind, and then my radiate mastermind, which is happening tonight, um, for people who have done either come home to yourself or a certain amount of, uh, one-on-one -on -one months with me. So if you are hearing all of this and you're like, I don't even know where to begin. I always offer a free first call so we can chat and figure out what option would be best for you based on where you're at in your healing journey, finances, all that good stuff. So DM me so many beautiful ways to jump into this work. And if you have been doing talk therapy or CBT or DBT or EMDR, and you're like, I'm still having these thoughts and I can't replace them. And you're just like banging your head against a wall. I promise you it is not you. It is because trauma is stored in the body and many clinicians such as myself were not trained properly on this and now I am and now I can offer better because I know better. So we know better, we do better. All right, guys, I love you all so much and I will see you on the next episode. Reach out with any questions and yeah, take time to come home to yourself today and every day. I love you. Oh, and if you are enjoying this podcast, please, please, please go to iTunes and leave a review. It would be super helpful in spreading this to other people who could benefit from listening to this. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I love you all so, so much. Bye.